Jesus and he saves us from sin. Amen. And now we're going to read just a little text and talk to you a few moments from the Word of God. Because after all, that's the all-sufficient part is the Word. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. Amen. Now let us bow our heads just a moment before we open His Word. Most gracious Lord, we are happy this morning for the privilege that we have of standing in thy presence, looking up to thee and calling thee our Father. When we remember in our scriptures that thou hast said, Pray our Father who art in heaven, to know that we are all together impure. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and come to the world speaking lies. And such a miserable wretch as we, and yet by the blood of thy Son, the Lord Jesus, through the unmerited grace that we have been given, we have the privilege of looking up and saying, Father, Oh, how we thank Thee for this. And today we would ask You, Lord, to search our hearts as we worship. We come here for no other purpose but to worship Thee and to see in this great day that we're now living when seemingly that everything has failed. But there's one sure thing that can never fail, that's Jesus. Amen. For he said to us when he was on the earth that heavens and the earth would pass away, but my word shall never fail. Amen. What an assurance that we have then to rest our soul's eternal destination upon his word. Amen. And now it is it has been given to us in the form of a book called the Bible. Know that it was written by the Holy Spirit and can only be interpreted by the Holy Spirit. May He come now over this written Word and speak to mortal lips, to mortal ears, and give eternal understanding. Grant it, Father, that it might stir our hearts to love Him more and to have better fellowship with Him to bring us to a close communion. Then we would ask you this morning, Lord, that there is many sick and needy here in the church and throughout the land. May we receive the benefits of his striping, of his body upon ours today. For it is written that he was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes we were healed. Amen. And as David of old cried out, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquity, who healeth all of thy diseases. Grant today, Lord, that in this worship that every person here that's in need of either thing Salvation for their soul, our healing for their body. May we draw the benefits of this great supreme sacrifice today. Amen. 
We submit ourselves to Thee now, Lord, and we pray that You will speak through us and will hear through us and answer prayer. For we ask it in the name of Thy blessed Son, the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. There is so much good in the Word of God till it is a hard thing for any person to ever select a certain scripture. When I am reading the Word, I'll say, this sounds so good, I'm just going to underline it. Then when I go to the next service, I'm going to preach on this subject. And I'll sit down for a few moments and I'll listen to the Spirit as it speaks. Then it won't be but just a little bit till I'll be reading a little farther. And I'll find something that even sounds better. And I'll underline that and say, this is what I'm going to speak on when I go to church next. And the, the first thing you know, my Bible is marked up with certain things to go to speak on when I go to church. That's how good... The Lord is and how precious His Word is to His saints. And what a great privilege that we have today in this hour when seemingly all hopes is gone, but yet to find one solid, sure foundation. That's the Word. It was upon my heart a few days ago as I told Brother Neville, or sent word to him by our sister Woods, that I was going to speak this morning upon the handwriting on the wall. It was a message the Lord gave me on a train coming back from California. But in the message it was so stirring and such an hour until leaving the people finding the great things even to this modern Sputnik that you hear so much about is revealed in God's Word. And to see the hour that we are living, we are surely at the end. And then to leave the people in that condition and then without bringing in another message to follow it to give the hopes of the church, then it leaves the people kind of wandering and makes them nervous. So I thought I would wait till the next Sunday coming back and then I would speak on the handwriting on the wall on Sunday morning and then on Sunday night speak on the church rapture before the tribulation. And then if these things are so close at hand, then the rapture is closer than that is if the church goes uh, in the before the tribulation. So I'm sure you understand that it does. Now, I want to read out of the book of Revelation in the third chapter pertaining to the church of this day. In the 14th verse, I shall read. Beginning. Revelation 3.14 And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, 
the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased in goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou may be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now that 20th verse is where I wish to take the text to see if God will give us a context. I stand at the door and knock. This whole message this morning that we have just read is the words of Christ himself after his resurrection speaking to the last church age. As we understand, there were seven churches in that day, the seven churches of Asia. Each one of them had an angel, and those angels were sent to guide these churches down through the age, and we're now ending up at the last church age, Lady Osea. And it's most unusual to see how striking this thing is this morning, how it pertains to this church of this day. To see the conditions of the lukewarm and the indifference in the church and how that they say that, oh, we are on the big program. We're building a million-dollar church. And our church is prospering. We have more members than we ever had. Our pastor is better paid. And we are better all together. If that isn't the call of the day. But yet the Bible said, Thou art naked, poor, miserable, blind. Just think if a person being naked and poor and miserable and blind and don't know it. Now, if he knew it, he would try to better himself. He would rush in the street to find clothing. He would try to uh, uh, better himself. But if he's in that condition and doesn't know it, what a horrible thing. Now, and in the face of all of it, that isn't my text. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open the door, I'll come in to him and will sup with him 
and he with me. What an invitation to a, a people that lives in this day to see these horrible sights that we're now looking at and with such a glorious invitation. I'll stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear and open, I'll come in to him. And I will sup with him and he with me. What a communion. What a privilege. What a fellowship. Standing at the door knocking. When the great artist, I can't call his name just at this time, painted the picture of Jesus knocking at the door. Any picture, before it can become a famous picture, it has to go through the hall of critics. The, the people who are famous artists who criticize the picture. They find all the flaws that's in it. So after this famous picture had went through practically the hall of critics, it was asked the man who gave the painting, the critic said, there's just one thing that I can find wrong with your picture. He said, you have forgotten to put the latch on the door. And the painter said, oh no, you misunderstand. If the latch was on the outside, he'd raise the latch and go in. But the latch is on the inside. The person inside must lift the latch. That's the way it is. Jesus, with all of his mercy and all of his compassion, yet you are the person that will let him in or keep him out. You have the latch on your side. What would a man knock at another man's door for? What would be the reason why it's to gain entrance? He wants to come in. He wants, he's got something that he wants to talk about or something to show you when someone knocks at your door. They're wanting to gain an entrance or, or a little fellowship or something to talk to you about. That's the reason Jesus knocks at the door. What would you think that down through the ages the many calls that's come to people's doors let us go back for just a few moments. Let's think of the great Caesar Augusta in the days of the Roman Empire. What if a foot soldier would have been living down in a little shanty somewhere and Caesar Augusta would have come from his palace and went down to the little shanty where his footmen lived and knocked at the door. What a thrill that would have been to that footman while the great emperor of Rome was at his door trying to get a word with him. Oh, he would have been happy. He would have opened the door and fell on his face and said, Great emperor, enter into my humble abode. And whatever you see that you want, it's yours. Sure, he'd been thrilled to have had 
such a, a privilege to entertain the emperor of Rome in his day. What a privilege it would have been for a peasant in the days of Adolf Hitler in Germany, the fear of Germany. If he would have went down to a poor man's house and would have knocked at the door, and the man would have went to the door and raised up the curtain and looked, and the fear of Germany, the great Hitler stood at his door, the ruler, the dictator of Germany, he'd say, well, I'm not worthy that such a man like that would knock at my door. Do you mean that Hitler wants to speak to me, a peasant? Why, he had thrown the door open and fell on his face and said, Hitler, enter my home. Sure, anything that's here is yours, great fear of Germany. Certainly, he would have been happy to have done it. Not only that, but he'd been honored to have done it. To think that Hitler would have come to his door. And you have to watch the importance of the person that's knocking at your door. That has to do with it. If it was a beggar, you might have a right to close the door or not go to the door. If you had nothing to give him and you felt ill at the beggar. But if he was an important person, I'd say today, if, if President Dwight Eisenhower come down here to Jeffersonville today and knocked at the door of any good Democrat, you'd feel very much honored to go at the door and welcome President Eisenhower. Though you were different with him in politics, you would certainly appreciate him knocking at your door. Because why? He's the President of the United States. He's a man of great importance. And though you differ with him in politics, it would be an honor for any Democrat in this city or any other city to entertain President Dwight Eisenhower because of his importance as the President of the United States. He's a great man. An honorable man and has an honorable position. Just recently, from England come the Queen. She went up into Canada. She visited all through Canada. She came then to the United States. And there wouldn't be a person in the United States but what would be happy if that Queen would visit them. What would you have thought this morning if the Queen of England, though you're not one of her subjects, you're an American subject, but although what if she would come and knock at your door and you would see her maids and so forth standing there and she would say, I am the Queen of England. I've come to visit you. <laughs> 
What an honor that would be because of her importance. She's a queen and one of the greatest queens in the world. It's the queen of England. Yet she has no power in this nation. But because she is important, you would be happy to let her in. I'd be happy to let her in. To know that I had the privilege and the honor of entertaining the Queen of England. But oh, Jesus will stand at the door and knock. And we'll keep him out. We'll not open the door. We'll just let him knock. And who is more important than Jesus? Tell me who's a greater person than he. And here he says, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open, I'll come in. If you had all the Caesars, all the Hitlers, all the great men and women of the world standing in front of your door, you'd never have one all put together with nothing like compare with the one that stands at the door daily and knocks at your heart, the Lord Jesus. He wants to come in. He wants to talk to you. You're one of His subjects. You were made in His image. You are a human being that's made in the image of God. And He longs to talk to you. He just doesn't go to the great and the celebrity. He comes to the poor and needy. Any man that will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and talk with him. Just think what it means this morning. For the King of glory, for the great I am, for the one who was in the burning bush, for the one who separated the waters in the Red Sea for the children of Israel to pass over. For the one who spoke. And the sun stood still. One who formed the moon and stars and put them in their sockets to shine. The one who said, Lazarus, come forth. And a man dead four days in the graves come to life again. Think of it. The one who went into the lion's den with Daniel and protected him from the lions. The one who went into the fiery furnace with the Hebrew children and panned the fire from them. The one who stood and said, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He stands at the door of a fallen humanity, knocking and trying to gain access to the soul. And we turn that great important person away. Oh, you say to me then, Brother Branham, I'm different with you right here because I have already let him in. Well, that's very good. I'm so happy that you did that. Let him in. But then you know what? It seems to be that after 
you let him in the door, you've got a whole lot of, of little, of little apartments in your heart. And you're welcome in the door. Just stand right here. But don't look around over my house. Could you imagine telling the fear that he could come in, but he couldn't look over the house? Now, fear, you can stand at the door, Mr. Hitler, but don't you look in this closet. Don't you look over here. I've got some little secrets that I don't want you to know about. That's the way we sometimes who call ourselves Christians Treat Jesus. You can step in. Yes, I'll believe that you are the Son of God, but don't go to meddling in my business. Amen. That's the danger line. You've got little places in your heart, little doors that enter into little secret closets in your heart. Christians have those. And many who let Jesus in is not willing to let Jesus have his way. He is not altogether welcome. If I come to your house and you welcome me in, I feel like I am your brother. And I can go anywhere I want to if I'm really welcome. If I come to your house, I feel like if you said, welcome in, that means that I'm welcome anywhere in the house. I just go right on through. If I want to lie down a while, I'll go in the bedroom. And if I want to, uh, to eat a while, I'll go to the kitchen. Amen. I just feel like I'd be welcome. Amen. And what if you come to my house or out of your house and you say, now you can stand right here. But don't you dare to open that door. Don't you go here. I wouldn't be very welcome. Well, that's the way it is today with people who call themselves Christians. You say, oh, I've gone to the church. That's good. But you see, the reason there's so much trouble in the church, the reason there's so much confusion in the church, so discontentment in the church, it's not because that Jesus isn't there. It's because that Jesus can't gain access to the places he wants to go. We have those little compartments and we say, oh no, don't touch that. Now you can come in, but oh, that's far enough. I'll join the church, but otherwise, let me run my own business. Jesus wants to be the supreme ruler of your being. And the only way that He can bless you is when He becomes your Lord. Lord is rulership, ownership. Who made you? Jesus. Who has a right to every place in your heart? The Creator. Have no secrets before Him. Open up your heart. Now, let's speak just for a moment or two on some of these little doors. One of them is a little door of selfishness. Oh, we find that so much in the professed Christian's heart. Selfish. Oh, you, I, it's for me and for my group. As long as it's in my denomination, it's all right. 
But if it's outside, if it's not a Baptist church, or it's not my Presbyterian or my Pentecostal, if it's outside the assemblies or so forth, it's no good. Then you see, Christ can't have the rulership. He can't be Lord. If He's Lord, He's ruler. If you say, well, I'll like for Him to... uh, do a certain thing for me, but if it's a, if I can get so much out of it, I'll go to church if it'll make the people in my community think better of me. But you won't open this little door. I'll accept him, but I won't let him in this little place because I've been this way since I was a child and I feel like I'm just a little bit over them type of people. I'll let Jesus in, but I'll never go to one of them little old missions. One of those places where they all holler, Amen, and glory to God, and hallelujah. I'll let him in, but I won't, won't go to that. He isn't your Lord. My sheep hear my voice. Then he's your Lord. He's the ruler. I'll let him in if they'll take me in the best church in the city. I don't care if they put, if I wanted to go into the barnyard, wherever he wanted me to go, I'd want to go as long as he's calling me. I'll let him in on the grounds that he's my Lord. Whatever he wants to do, let him do it. There's another little door called pride. Oh, what a horrible little black devil is all pinned up in that heart of pride, thinking you're better than somebody else. Well, I wouldn't send my children over there. They don't dress right. The people who goes there isn't in my class. If Christ is Lord... In your heart, we're all one class because of one spirit. We're all baptized into one body. Pride. Feel just a little uh, little complex you have. Oh, you don't want Jesus to touch that because it would degrade your social standing in the community. I'd rather degrade my social standing in the community than to rub my name off of the Lamb's book of life. But they won't let him in. That little pride holds him out. Oh, Jesus, yes, I'll join the church. I'll accept you. But, oh, don't look in this closet. Because you can sit down in the chair by the door. But I wouldn't let you in this closet. Then he can't be your Lord. He's got to have access to every room in the house, every compartment, all the little secret things of life. He's got to have access to every bit of it. Then he becomes Lord. What does he want to come in your heart for? Is to be your Lord. He's knocking at the door to be your Savior. And if you hold selfishness and pride and malice and all these things in your heart, he can't be Lord. Though you accept him in, he can't be Lord. When he's Lord, he's Lord over all. 
And that's what he's knocking for. Oh, Lord, he said, let him in. I want to come in and sup. What supping is, is fellowship. When you've got fellowship one with another. How that the, the Lord and you are buddies. You're partners. And whatever you have, he has too. Whatever he has, then you have to. You see, he becomes you that you might become him. And everything is in common. Then, there is another little door in the heart I like to speak of this morning. And that little door is the door of faith. So many professed Christians don't want to open that door of faith. Now you say, Lord, you can come in. That's right. But I don't believe that all the Bible is right. I will take what my church says, but I won't take the rest of it. How's the Lord ever going to bless you then? How can He be your Lord and healer if He can't get your heart's door of faith open? If He can come in and you'll welcome Him, He'll open that door. And He'll walk into that faith of yours. And He'll sup with you in the door of faith. Oh, I want to welcome Him this morning to my heart. To every room, to all that I am, I want to welcome Him at every door, swing it open. Stand there and kiss a cup of blessings with Him in the door saying, Yes, Lord, all I am and all I have and all is Yours. Let's stand at this door, Lord, and commune with each other. Let's have communion at the door of faith, Lord. Let's have communion at the door of pride, Lord. Let's have communion at the door of selfishness, Lord. Take it all from me, Lord. Faith. Oh, you say, I'll join the church. But I believe that the days of miracles is past. Then you refuse to let the Lord come in the door of faith and manifest Himself to you. Oh, yes, you say, but Brother Branham, I am a Christian. I know, honey dear, you are a Christian. And I appreciate that by accepting the Lord. But you're living under your privilege. Amen. You're keeping your door closed. You're running from pillar to post and so forth because you don't believe. You must open that door of faith and let Him in. Then He will give you the desire of your heart. He that waiteth upon the Lord shall renew his strength. They shall mount up like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not think. If ye abide me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it will be given to you. Oh, dearly I say unto you, if thou shalt say to this mountain, be removed. And in the original Greek lexicon says, be raised up and thrown into the sea. And believe that it's being done. Amen. Oh my. Believe that it's being done. You shall have what you say. Amen. Certainly. 
Oh, it don't have to be spontaneously. It don't have to be that way. Certainly not. Just as long as you believe it. Amen. That's where Christians fail today. The Bible said faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. It's the evidence of things not seen. Then what would you say to it then? Now, it's not a myth. It's not a thought. It's not a hope. It's not a wish. It's a substance. It's actually something that you possess. For instance, I come to you and I say to you, I am hungry. I have to have some bread. And you say, what do you need? What money do you need? I need 25 cents to buy a loaf of bread. I'm hungry. And you say, here is the 25 cents. Now, 25 cents is the purchase power of the loaf of bread. And as long as I've got the 25 cents, I've got it. It's a substance. I can be just as happy standing here with the 25 cents and the loaf of bread on Spring Street. Oh, blessed be His name. You don't let Him come in. Open that door of faith. When He says anything, it's the truth. When His promises to you, that's the substance. When faith anchors to know that God cannot lie. It's settled. Now, I've got the 25 cents. It's not just something I imagine. I'm possessing the 25 cents. I walk out the door. Well, I'm just as happy as I if I had the bread. For I've got the purchase power. And if I've got the faith, the works is finished. If he can open that door and come in and give me the faith of God in my heart. It's finished. When I can really believe Him. It might not happen right then. You know, the Bible said that Moses endured seeing him who was invisible. Amen. Many of you have been over to see the Ten Commandments. Uh, it's been showing in Louisville for some time. Wonderful picture. Now, Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. The invisible he endured. That means he held out. Abraham. When he was given the promise when he was 75 years old that he was going to have a child by Sarah, it was settled the very hour that Abraham opened up his heart and his door of faith and said, It will be done. Amen. And as he got older, he, the Bible said he never weakened in unbelief, but he was strong in faith. Giving praise to God. For he knew that he was able to perform that what he had said. Amen. There's faith. Praise. Years passed by. Sarah no different. But he staggered not at the promise of God. Through unbelief. But was strong giving praise to God. We who call ourselves Christians. We let Jesus in and say, Oh, I'm a Christian. And you can be a prayed for, anointed, or do what God says to you, or He can do some miracle before you. And you can see it. And if you're not healed instantly, well, that's it. I never got it. I'll come back the next time. You see, it isn't faith. Amen. 
You have to let him in. Say, Lord, here's the door. Come in and take a hold. Then when he walks in there, it's settled forever. I stand at the door and knock. He's trying to get in that little door of faith. He can only work his way in there. That's a settled thing. When I'm going with the 25 cents in my hand, it's just as good as the bread to me. For I've got the purchase power of the, the substance that I want. And when faith takes its hold in a heart, there's nothing in shake it. The work is finished. God has settled it. It's forever done. I go down the street. I cross over the river. I go through the briar patch. I'm getting hungrier all the time. I haven't got the bread yet, but all the time I'm going, I'm rejoicing because I've got the purchase power and the assurance that the bread belongs to me. Oh, blessed be His holy name. When I, before I get there, I may have cramps. I'm so hungry. I may get delirious. So I'm fighting my way through the bushes like a madman. But as long as I'm holding the 25 cents, the bread got to come. There you are. As long as that faith anchored, doctors may turn me down. Oh, everything, but I'll be there. I'll be healed. God said so. I'll let him into my door of heart. My faith was given to him, and he gave me the promise and nothing will interfere with it. It's there. Faith. The door of faith. How many Christians keep him out? How many Pentecostal people keep him out of that door of faith? How many Baptists? How many Presbyterian Methodists? That door. Oh, there's many doors. One more I shall speak of. And that's a door to your eyes. He said, Thou art blind. And don't know it. He's speaking of the church today. Spiritually blind. I was speaking the other day, which this I cannot say publicly, but to Brother Stockman there and many others, Leo and Jean and them, what's this coming to you, I said? Why can't the people see these things? Why can't they understand even that picture should shake the nations. But not even a not even a newspaper could pack it. What did George J. Lacey say of the FBI? He said, Mr. Branham, that'll be on ten cent stores some of these days, but not while you're living. It never echoed, it never answered to the other day. I thought, truly. Think of the maniac in Portland. Think of the witch doctors in India. Think of the little fish, Brother Woods, on the river. Think of the things that's infallible. The proofs. And yet, I can't even go out and hold a big campaign. It's held back. Something would let go, but it holds back. What is it? They never knew Elijah until he was gone. They never knew many of them. They never knew who John was until he's beheaded. They never knew Jesus to be the Savior of the world until He was crucified and raised again. St. Patrick hated the Catholic Church and protested it. But after He was dead, 
They canonized him a saint. They never knew he was a saint till he was dead and gone. They never knew that St. Francis of Assisi was a saint. He protested the Catholic Church. He was a walking preacher with a Bible under his arm. Went down to the river to preach, and little starlings of holler, and he said, Little sisters, hold your peace. I'm preaching the Word of God. And they shut up. But they didn't know that. So he was dead a long time. Joan of Arc, who saved France. The girl was a saint. She was spiritual. She saw visions. She was a spiritual woman. She heard angels speaking to her. She heard the voice of God. She saw visions. What did they say? She's a witch. And the Catholic Church drove a stake down and drove her to it and burned her than priests did. And her screaming for mercy. Two hundred years later, they realized she was a saint. So they done a lot of repentance. They dug up those priests' body who burned and throwed in the river. That's a lot of repentance, of course. But they didn't know her until she had come and gone. Amen. Jesus said they could not believe because Isaiah said they got eyes and can't see. Ears and they can't hear. Only last night on the flyleaf of my Bible. When it was some time ago, in a vision that the Lord had given me and I spoke to the church. And then He said to me, Go to Africa, then back to India. I said, yes, Lord. And when Mr. Baxter told me in Canada, or in Chicago, said, let's go to India. Let them Africans alone. They won't cooperate with us, right? All right, I said, I forgot it. When I went home, the angel of the Lord met me between the two rooms. A pillar far right. The same one there. And he said, you go to Africa like I said go. And a year later, they talked me into it again, and I forgot it. I didn't write it down. Now, this was my boy there in Portuguese, uh, Lisbon, Portuguese. I was stricken down, sick, all night. And the next morning, I was going into the bathtub to take a little shower. And on my road in there, there stood the angel Lord said, I thought I told you to go to Africa first. I said, Lord God, I'm not worthy to be your servant. I said, if you will, lift your spirit and give it to another. Then not only till a few days ago, when I made arrangements for Africa this year, you're over there making it now. And last night I was reading in the vision, and God knew that I would fail it. And in the vision, I never seen it till last night. I called Brother Stockman, Leo, and all of them around. The vision said you'll go to India first and then back to Africa. See, I, I wrote it myself. I wrote the thing myself. Jumped from the bed where I was sitting early one morning and seen him come in the room. And I wrote down just exactly what it said as he was telling me there. And I read it over many, many, many times and never noticed it. And last night when I called the boys, there it is, uh, right on the flyleaf of my Bible where many, many people has read it. It said, there come a half-dressed people, and, and I preached to them, and they were rejoicing. Then a light flashed on afterwards and showed the white and black together in Africa. Never seen it. Looking right at it. Our eyes open. 
God opened my eyes that I might see. Let me look past curtains of time, Lord. Let me just see, Lord, what's around me. Let me see what's fixing to happen. When I think of the blinded human beings in this earth who see but yet can't understand, see God come into the meeting and perform the very same things that He performed when He was here on earth. See Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, perform and act and do just as He did when He was here on earth. And still they don't understand. How can it be? Because their eyes are not open. It's going to open one of these days, my friend. But it'll be too late then. The time will be gone. And you'll wonder back, you mean to tell me this? That so and so and such a thing was this and I didn't know it. It goes over their head. They don't catch it. Do you catch what I'm saying? It goes over them. It's right and looking for some great something to happen in the future when it's right now. And you fail to see it. God, come into my heart and open the doors to my eyes that I might see. How Theophis and his friend walked along the road one day coming from Emmaus or going to Emmaus. And on the road down there, he talked with them. He walked with them. He sat with them. And their eyes of understanding was closed. When he got inside and they all got quietened, he did a little something that they recognized that no man could do it but him. That is after his resurrection. And quickly the Bible said their eyes were open. He opened their eyes and they went back down the road rejoicing and saying, Truly the Lord has risen for He's been with us through the day. Their eyes opened. They had understanding. Our Jesus can come right into the midst of people and perform those very same acts. And what happens? The people who go away and say it's mental telepathy. Oh, he might be a spiritualist or a fortune teller. Something has happened in that manner. Oh, if God would open our eyes and let us see what these things are. That door to the eye is in the heart. It ain't what you see with your eye. That isn't seeing, that's looking. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You don't see it with your eyes, you see it with your understanding. You look with your eyes and understand with your heart. So the door of your eyes is in your heart because it's a door of understanding. Oh, I understand that Jesus said he would do that in the last days. I understand that these things are the sign of God. Then how different, how it becomes a reality to you, how things change. If our eyes are open, He's with you all the time. 
He helps you. He's standing at your door daily. But you don't recognize it. I heard a minister tell something not long ago. That struck me. Was down in the south. There was an old man down there, a colored man, who, he was a good old fellow, but they couldn't get him lined up with God. He just wouldn't go to church. And yet he was a good old fellow. And they couldn't get him to go to church. So one day he and the minister went hunting. And he was a very poor shot. He couldn't hit nothing. So that day on the road coming home, they had shot so much game till they were just loaded down with game. And the old colored man's name was, was Gabriel. And they called him Gabe for short. So he was loaded down with game hanging all over him. He just barely could move. He's walking behind the minister. After a while, he punched him on the shoulder. And he said, Parson? said, Yes, Gabe, what do you want? said, Sunday morning. I'm finding myself at the Mona's bench. I take my position in the church there to live the rest of my days. The parson said, Good game. But what caused the sudden change? Wow, when we've talked to you and godly, saintly people has prayed with you and persuaded you and you've turned your heart away. He said, boss, you know, I know that I'm a poor shot. I couldn't hit nothing. And said, look at the game I got. He must love me or he wouldn't have given it to me. There you are. What was it? His eyes just come open. He realized, you give him that game, where'd he come from? The ox knows its stall. The mule knows the master's crib, but my people know not, said the Lord. Certainly they don't know where these good things come from. If your eyes were just open and you could see. Some time ago a man was on his road to the seaside. He was going over there for rest. He wanted to refresh himself because that he loved, he thought he would like to hear the seagulls as they flew over the water and skipped down by the great white tip waves as they roared and bursted in the air. And he wanted to smell the salt water. He said it'll be such a rest to live by the seashore for a while. I just want to rest. I want to live by the seashore to see all the things the sea has to offer. The blue skies as it reflects from the sky to the water. How that the foam of the salt water will boil up in great waves strike and roll. And he said, if I can stand and look at that and hear the scream of the gulls. And on his road down to the seashore, he met a man coming, and he was an old salt, an old sailor from the sea. He said, where goest thou? He said, I go down to the seashore to enjoy the goodness of the sea. And the old salt said, I don't see nothing strange about it. The waters are just waters. The sky is just the sky. The gull is just another bird. You see, he had seen it so much until it became common to him. 
It wasn't thrilling to him. That's what's the matter with you people. You've seen the goodness and the miracles and the divine things of God moving and working until it becomes common to you. You don't notice it no more. In the meetings, I've noticed people where the Lord and His discernment will speak right out in the audience. Just as He did when He walked in Galilee. Just this promise that He said He would do. And people, the first time they say, Oh, did ever. Oh, that's got to be the Lord. The next time, it's not to come. After a while, well, just another thing. It's common. It's passed over. You don't notice it. Your eyes of understanding, your heart becomes closed to it. The thrill, the blessedness of knowing the risen Lord Jesus Stand our midst and send every soul to heights beyond anything in this world could thrill. It should do something to you. It should shake your faith till you open up every door of faith and everything else. Say, Lord Jesus, take full possession of me now. Take me into your caring. Here, come into my heart. Take my selfishness away. Take my misunderstandings away. Take my doubts away. Open my eyes, Lord, and let me see. And take all of me and be my Lord. Until the church does that, we are walking in blindness. Jesus is knocking at the door, and we're leaving him outside. Let us pray just a moment while we bow our heads. While our heads are silently bowed, Our faces are turned towards the dust from which we were taken. And someday this mortal flesh will have to... The results will be back to the dust. Should there be such a person here this morning that's never opened their heart in this manner to the Lord Jesus, that would raise your hands to Him now and say, Jesus, be merciful to me. God bless you, Mr. God bless you. Someone else, God bless you, young fellow. I'll open my heart at this time. Say, Lord Jesus, take me all, full possession. Be my Lord. God bless you, sir. Be my Lord. God bless you, lady. Be my Lord. The Lord of my pride. The Lord of my faith. The Lord of my eyes. The Lord of my seeing. The Lord of my hearing. The Lord of my appetite. Many of these things I could have spoke on, but time wouldn't permit. Be Lord over all. God bless you, lady. Just God bless you, brother. Take me, Lord. God bless you, brother. Take me as I am, Lord. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you back there. That's right. Take me just as I am and be full control, Lord. Let me not lead you. You lead me. A fellow was saying, God bless you, my brother. A fellow said he went out in the pasture and caught a pony here the other day. He put the rope around the pony's neck, then made a half hitch across the muzzle of his face and was leading the pony back to the barn. Before he got there, the pony was leading him. That's what it is. God catches us and we try to lead him. Let him lead. He knows the way. He's traveled the road. He made the road. We don't know the road. So why do we try to reason these things out? 
Let us just submit ourselves to Him and say, Lord, You lead me, I'll follow. Maybe you've been a Christian. Maybe Christ has come into your heart, but you've never turned your faith loose to Him. Say, Lord, walk in. Take all the doubts out of my heart. If Your Word says that, I believe it. So from this day on, I'm taking you like I... I want you to give me that, what the brother just said, like a 25-cent piece for a loaf of bread. And in the prayer this morning for the sick, I'm going to receive you. I believe that you're going to do it. I'll walk right on rejoicing. No matter when it happens, it will happen. Would you like to open your door of faith in your heart to him today? He would. Then raise your hands and say, Lord, here I am. God bless you. Masses with their hands. Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine, now hear me while I pray and take all my sins away, my unbelief. Oh, let me from this day Lord Jesus, Thou seest these people's hands. You know their hearts. You stand there that you knocking. May they not look out to some mythical, mystic, but may they look straight in the face of the crucified Son of God. May they have an understanding this morning like never before. Grant, Lord, we've had difficult. Satan has fought us in every way. Even for this meeting this morning, wasn't even any here to give the prayer cards that they could be lined up for the out-of-town people, that thou might be able to show the exceeding abundance of thy presence according to a divine gift and a will by your own great power. But thou art God who overrules all things. You overrule difficulties and circumstances. And I pray, God, today that you'll catch the heart of every person, gain access to every room and compartment. May they swing open their heart just now and all those who raise their hands are being selfish or being neglectful or things that's not like you'd want to be. It shows in their life that you don't live in that compartment. May it be opened up just now. And Lord Jesus, come in. And make your abode with them. And then, Lord, we would pray also for these who are sick and afflicted. That this hour that something might be done. That would so shock this people to an understanding of the realization of the presence of Jesus Christ. That their hearts might be open. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It was giving out over the radio and by mouth at the tabernacle that today we would give out prayer cards. And the reason we give prayer cards in the tabernacle is to get the people who's out of town, see, that the people that's here in the city, we have prayer for them daily or times here at the tabernacle, but to get the people, the power of discernment 
is in Christ alone, and anyone knows that. That is in God alone. And in when Christ was on earth, in a physical, uh, corporal body, as we stand today, He walked in Galilee and different places. There He claimed not to have power to heal the sick or to perform miracles. He said, I can do nothing in myself. I do nothing till first the Father shows me what to do. Anyone knows the Scripture, St. John 5, knows that that's true. He did not perform any miracles until the Father showed him. He said, Dearly, dearly, I say unto you, the Son himself, the tabernacle that God dwelled in, his body, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. And you notice, when he come to his own country, his own city, what happened? He couldn't do it. He laid his hands on some sick folks. He turned around and said, Verily I say unto you, that a prophet in his own country amongst his own. You know how that was said. But he's been so gracious to us to permit us to have a few meetings of that type. That's right. What is it to do? Is to let this city, these people, and those who are round about, who's never been out in the other meeting, to know that he is the living God. He said, these things that I do shall you also. You'll do these same works. He said, a little while in the world won't see me no more. Yet you'll see me, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the age. That's right. And the things that I do shall you do also to the end of the age. I believe that we're living in the closing days of the Gentile dispensation. Everything is just perfect in order right now for the end time. But the going home of the church, that's what Christ is waiting on. As he was in the days of Noah, long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. He's same thing today, not long-suffering he is. Now, not willing that any should perish. Great signs and wonders is gone. People say, well, we're looking for a great age to come. My friend, the age is just about gone. The Gentiles are finished. It's at the end time. So now is the time to be to receive Christ and to be ready. Now listen, friends. I don't know. Now there's not a prayer card in the house. There's not one. Billy was here a while ago somewhere. He had about a hundred cards to give out, but the people didn't get here to give them to him. They had to start the service, so we don't interrupt that. So I said I just call the people up and pray for them. But I feel that the presence of Christ is here. I feel that I prepared and this message even for the church this morning for that purpose. And somehow the enemy has beset us in some way. But I believe that Christ is able to override the enemy if our hearts are right with Him. And many of you people who's raised your hands, of course, as soon as this service is over, when the altar calls made, I want you to come here and thank God for what He's done for you. When you receive faith, what is faith? We could form a prayer line here and bring the people to half a dozen more. That discernment's very powerful. And it, it would come here to the platform and you'll notice I'm 48 years old. Visions has been seen since I was about two years old and not one time has any of it failed. Even the things when I'd said, I didn't know how, how it could ever be, but it works just that way. Then it's God. See, it has to be God. Then if God is present, 
to fulfill his word, to prove that he, these things that I do shall you also, then he proves that to be so. Then God opened our eyes. If we could see that come to pass, then every promise is true. When he was on earth, just a moment. When he was on earth, what did he say? Here's what he said. He said, you destroy this body. I'll raise it up in three days. How did he know to do that? Because David the prophet said, I will not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. Neither will I suffer, uh, uh, leave his soul in hell. He knew he was the anointed Messiah. He knew that was his position. And by knowing that was his position, now notice, knowing that that was his position, then he was able to give that statement because that promise applied to him. He said, and the scriptures cannot be broken. If your understanding opens, the scriptures cannot be broken. That promise pertained to him and he knowed it had to come to pass. Then listen, friends, every scripture that pertains to you Every promise that pertains to you is yours just as much as that was His. Sure it is. That's why I stand this morning. If the Lord will permit, I'm going to ask Him to do something. And in here, we're so hard and so forth in my own. Not because you don't believe in me, but it's because His Word said this would be. See? His Word said it would be. I'm going to ask Him to overrule the prayer card situation. I'm going to ask him if he'll do it. See, I don't I remember. Let me go on record in this tape machine here that's going to several of them in the room there. I don't say that he will. See, I don't say I'm going to ask him to. And if he will, we'll be thankful. What if the Lord... How many... No one out there has a prayer card. How many sick people out there is sick? Raise your hands. Or want something from the Lord. Raise your hands, wherever you are. Now, I can see your faces... So I can just about tell who you are. So I, I don't. I can tell. And if it's any of the folks of the tabernacle, I don't want them folks. I want the Lord to show me somebody that's away from the tabernacle, somebody that's from out of town. Because if somebody from the tabernacle, that's why we give our cards to get the people that's not in the tabernacle, so that the people say, "Well, he knows that person." That's how that discernment comes. How does it come in Italy and Germany and Switzerland and Africa and all around over the world? How does it sit here and tell things that will happen three or four or four or five years off and hit it just as perfectly to the doubt? It's Christ. Who was it led the children of Israel through the wilderness? Christ. What was he then? I want to ask you something. Think of this a minute. What was he? A pillar of fire. A pillar of fire. And when he come on earth, he said that he was that pillar of fire. He, they said, our fathers eat man in the wilderness. He said, I'm the bread of life. He said, our fathers drink from a spiritual rock. He said, I'm the rock. Why, well, said, Moses saw him in a burning bush. He said, before Abraham was, I am. I am as in the bush. He said, now I came from God, a pillar of fire. God is light, we know that. He, God dwells in spirit, not in flesh. And in this pillar of light, Jesus said, I came from that and I go back to that. 
Now, that might be out of your theology, but it's in the Bible. Jesus said it. And when he died, buried, rose again, and when St. Paul was on his road down to Damascus to arrest the people, Jesus appeared to him again in that pillar of fire and struck him down. Now, it could be possible one could see it and the others couldn't see it. Then man that was with Paul didn't see it. They said, we heard a noise, but we see no light. But the light was so bright to Paul, so he put his eyes out. And he was blind for certain days. Pillar of fire. He come to, he come to Peter in the prison as the pillar of fire. And here he is today. And if the spirit of the, of the devil is in you, you'll do the works of the devil. If you're an outlaw, if John Dillinger's spirit was in you, you'd pack guns and kill people. If the spirit of anything was in you, it'll make it act like the person. The spirit of Christ is in you, it'll act like Christ. It'll do the works of Christ. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he also. There you are. And now, I'm putting this just for the glory of God. And I'm getting to be an old man. I know my days may not be too long on earth. I don't know. That I can't say. I hope I live to see the coming of the Lord. I don't know to the will. But I don't know that I'll ever preach another sermon. But I, I, we can't tell that. That lays in the hands of God. I don't know. But here's one thing. I'm, if we will ask Him to come into this midst this morning and will do something, the infallible proof of it, that He is the same resurrected Christ and do the same thing that He did when He walked the shores of Galilee. I wonder how many would say, I'd forfeit a place in the prayer line if it didn't call me. I'd forfeit my place. And I believe that in my heart would anchor a faith that would just hold me steadfast to Christ. And I'd go from this building this morning if He will come into these human bodies here this morning and give somebody out there enough faith like the woman did that touched his garment and he looked around and said, Somebody touch me. And they said, Well, everybody's touched. He said, But I felt I got weak. And he looked over the place till he found the woman and he said, told her what she had had and what her trouble was and said that her faith had saved her. That was Jesus. Amen. Tell me anybody ever lived on earth ever done it outside of Him. Amen. Show me the history where it was ever done. I've got the Fox Book of the Martyrs. I've got Josephus' early writing. I've got Pemberman's early ages. I've got Hossip's two Babylons. There never has been anything happen like it until this day. Amen. That's right. Because we're at the end time. We're at the junction time. And the Gentiles are finishing up. Not long till we be cinders and ashes. You receive Him. If He will do it, I don't say that he will. If he doesn't, we'll call a prayer line. If he does do it, would you say, and I know the person is absolutely strange and God does that, I will believe the Lord Jesus is present and he'll take my case in his hands, I'll commit it there, and I'll receive like the 25 cents, I'll go away from here thanking God for my healing. Would you do it? Raise your hands and see. How many in here would say you'd do it? Just raise your hands all over. That's wonderful. Oh my. Now, get yourself in condition. Pull that heart open. Say, Jesus, if ever you worked on my heart, do it now. Get all the unbelief out. Let me wake up here, shake myself. 
Is it true that I've passed over something all these years and missed it? Have I been closed up? Oh, yes, I know you're with me. But have I let you in everywhere to see you? If you can see him this morning, faith will anchor. Diseases will go away. You'll be well. Believe it now. My, I hope you will believe it. God granted my prayer. Now before we do, let's pray. Oh, Lord. This is a terrible day we're living in. I realize that everything that could happen will have to be you permitting it to be done, Lord. There are many here, dozen or two, that perhaps are in serious condition. Someone who will not get well if it isn't for you. And I pray that you will grant this blessing to us. And Father, we know that there's only one way to receive faith. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the Word of God. The Word of God says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God says, the things that I do shall you also. The Word of God said, all things are possible to them that believe. Lord God, we're trying to get faith into the people's hearts. To get their doors open. That they might see and know the goodness of God to permit these things to be. Now have mercy upon us, Lord. As I kneel here for the sight of this already. Oh, merciful God. Be merciful to us. I pray for every person in here, Lord. For the tabernacle folks, for the out-of-town folks, for all. You said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. God shall raise them up. And if they have did sin, they shall be forgiven of them. And we realize that the people who receive anything otherwise than by the Word, it doesn't last very long. We think of the children of Israel, how they all tumble at the supernatural and then fell in the wilderness. Truly, it is, Lord, unless people have the solid faith on your Word. Now, grant this morning that your great presence will permit this, what we ask for, Lord that the people might know and see the glory of God. And may every person that's in here now, may something or other faith come down through the channels of God's Spirit and anoint their hearts just now and their eyes come open that when they leave this building today, that they they did not our hearts burn within us. For we've seen His resurrected being. Amen. We've wondered, but now we understand. God pulled open their door out of faith and walk in and reveal to them and make known thy ways and will. Yes. Help me, Lord. I'm a poor subject of your kingdom. I'm unworthy and I ask forgiveness of my own sins. 
my own doubts and fears and trespasses and indifference and all that I've done, Lord, forgive me and help me to be a bright, brilliant servant of yours. That I might magnify thy name before my brethren. In the things that I have not strength to do, give me strength, Lord. Not for my glory. Surely, Lord, all these years you've tried me. I pray that I find grace in your heart this morning. That I might gain a little time of fellowship and something to be. Grant Lord. I pray that you'll help me now. Give people faith for our eyes to look to see what you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Don't doubt, just believe, for all things are possible to them that believe. Now the Lord Jesus is not obligated to do this for us. I'm going to ask him for at least three peoples that I don't know. Three peoples that I don't know, for him to reveal to me what I want every one of us got a need for anything to pray. And what he reveals, if it's truth, you'll know it whether it's the truth or not. If it isn't the truth, then it just isn't the truth. You'll know it yourself. But if it is the truth, then you embrace it and receive it. What would he do if he stood here this morning? What if he stood here where I'm standing with a corporal body like I stand in? <laughs> If you'd say, Lord Jesus, I have need of healing, what do you think he would say? He'd say, well, I, I did that for you when I died for you. How many knows that's the truth? Sure. It's already finished. Then what would give you more faith for Brother Neville and I to come pray and lay hands on you and anoint you? Oh, the Bible says that. Do that. That's good. We believe that. Sometimes they don't even know it with oil. Sometimes they just they have discernment and find evil spirits and cast them out. Sometimes that's done that way. And sometimes it's uh, done by just when Jesus walked. Now what we're, that was what he gave the apostles. That's what the apostles did. And many times they did it all different ways. Now which would be more effective? As we've had so many meetings here. Which would be more effective now? Just to let the Lord Jesus come down and prove himself that he's here in that supernatural realm. Is there people in the building here that, that you know I don't know what's wrong with you or who you are? Raise your hands if there is a people in the building. that knows that I don't know you, just raise up your hands. Yes, sir, I guess it's, it's everywhere. All right? Now, the Lord, it's up to you, Lord. Now, that's all I can do. And Father God, I pray that you'll grant that these people might in the next ten minutes, many be streaming to the altar with their hearts overflowed to see, open up their eyes, Lord. Let open their eyes like those who went to Emmaus. They walked with you all day and didn't know you. But when you've done something that they know no one else could do but you, they recognized that it was you. That was after you was dead, buried, and raised again. Now, Father, grant the same thing this day among these people. And the Bible said three would be a witness. 
So I pray, God, a confirmation will be made this morning in the presence of the people without being brought to the platform. It's all in your grace. Let it be done, Lord. I pray for Jesus' sake and in Jesus' name, amen. I know this is a strenuous moment for you. What about me? But what I preach, I believe. What I preach, I practice by the grace of God. I practice. God be with me to help me. That you might know that I'm not saying these things within myself. Your eyes open up and say, well, I've known Brother Bram a long time. I've seen this, but I'll tell you, no matter who he is, he might be Charles Bram's son or so forth like that. But I know one thing. God did something through him. Then look at God. Don't look at the man. God don't want to show me. He wants to show himself. It's he. If a vision will just come. Here it is, Sister Snyder. I'm trying to look away from that, see. God be merciful. Here's the man sitting right here. Vision's over him. Looking right at me. I guess I'm a stranger to you. You're trying to get rid of a habit, aren't you? That, to get rid of smoking cigarettes is what you're trying. Is that right? Raise your hand if that's right. No, I mean the young man sitting back here. I don't know yet. We're strangers. Is that right among one another? If it is, wave your hand like this. Is that exactly what you was praying about then? All right. You believe? What does that? What did he touch? The Bible said that he's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He never touched me. I never seen the man. But he touched Christ who's here and Christ used my lips and eyes to speak. You got your hands up, young man. I see you keep holding your hands. You believe me to be God's prophet? Would you accept what I told you? If you'd have faith and believe. You think she'd actually be saved? Your girlfriend you're praying about, ain't you? You want her to get healed too, don't you? If that's right, stand up on your feet. You. That's right, isn't it? I have faith in God. You'll receive it. Amen. I'm a stranger to you, young man. I've never seen you. Are we strangers? Raise up both your hands high for strangers. I've never seen you in my life. You've never seen me. Amen. Now, who... You may be seated now and receive what you ask for. Your faith has granted to you. Do you believe? It was a joke a while ago, wasn't it, sister? But it's not a joke now. I knew the Lord would do that. Or I thought He would. God can't be played with. He's real. If thou canst believe. Here's a woman sitting right back this way. She's praying for somebody else. The woman's got a nervous condition. She's a Catholic by faith. That's right. 
She lives on Meg's Avenue, doesn't she? If that's right, raise up your hand, lady. All right. You believe? And receive what you ask for. If thou canst believe. What about you way back there? Somebody get the... You don't, you're not too far back. Christ knows exactly where you're sitting. I challenge you in Jesus' name to believe now. He's here. His Spirit's here. His power is here. Here sits a man sitting way back there. Looking at me now. Got a green tie on. Gray suit like. He's praying also. He wants to be healed of some sort of a stomach trouble. Gastric conditions in his stomach and bowels. That's right. You're sitting back there. Let me tell you who you are. You was at a doctor yesterday and he examined you. That's right. I don't know you know that. But God does know your faith saves you, sir. Praise be to the living God. The lady sitting right behind him in the next row, about three back in there. They're praying for your mother-in-law. Cripple condition. If you will believe. All right. There's a little fellow sitting there with a hand up to his mouth looking at me. Way back towards the back. He got his hand to his mouth. He's praying. There's a sad light spirit around him. He's wiping his eyes. And just make out a young man. He's praying for somebody. That's a relative of his. The man has been in an institution. It's a young fellow. It's a brother-in-law. The nervous condition. The mental condition. That's correct, sir. You have faith and God will work it for you. I challenge your faith in Christ. Do you believe him? Is that three? Oh, it's that's more than that, isn't it? Now do you believe? Is your faith settled? Has your heart come open? Raise your hands if your heart's come open. Is the door open? Then let us bow our heads. Lord. Come near now, blessed Jesus. Oh, God, I am grateful to Thee, Father, that Thou did grant these blessings, that they, the people which are now present, will know that it wasn't Your servant. It was the God of heaven who has honored us this morning by coming into our midst and permitting such to be done. To prove to this Gentile generation before it's wiped from the earth that you are the Messiah. You are the Lord God of heavens. You are here, oh Lord, please. I ask you to give one more great shock to this people as it were, or to open their understanding. For they'll go in their sins if they fail to believe on Thee and confess their doubts and unbelief, may there come such a blessing to the people just now that they'll know that the Holy Spirit is present and that He is just as willing to heal them as He is to heal anyone. It's based upon if thou canst believe. All things are possible. Lord, grant it. And may thy healing power sweep down into the hearts of the people just now and heal each of them. Now, thank you, Lord. When Satan comes in like a roaring lion, 
the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him and overthrows him. The great Satan who claims to be the great one, but our Lord Jesus is the great one. He and Father God. And I pray, Lord, that just now by your Spirit that you will move through the audience and heal every person. Through the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. You believe you're healed, you believe that by His stripes has something anchored down in your heart. You have the 25 cents that's going to make you walk from the building. Do you have it? Raise your hand. I have it. It's an anchored faith. I don't care how long it takes, how many days, how many hours, I've got the purchase power of my healing right now, and I'll walk from this building right now just the same as if I was perfectly well. You may be when you're raised to your feet. You may not be. You may not be for weeks. I don't know. But you will be if you've got the faith to believe it. God is faith. Believe Him with all your heart. Now just shut yourself in with God now. I start like this. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All my doubts are buried in the fountain. Lord, I believe. Savior, raise my faith in Thee till it can move the mountain. Oh, Lord, could you be wrong? You can't be wrong. First, if Brother Branham had not one thing to say, your word said so. Then by grace you permitted Brother Branham to look over this building to many people, to do the same thing that you did when you walked Galilee. If I've had a doubt in my heart, Lord, then take it away. Amen. Before my day is finished, before I'm called on to answer a judgment, take away my sin of unbelief and make me thine right now. Let me be thine. God bless you is my prayer. Those Now, while you're praying, shut in with God, there was those who raised their hands that wanted a walk with God, wanted to open your hearts to Him. The altar is open now, my friend. I'd invite each one of you to come here to the altar, kneel down, and say, Lord Jesus be merciful. I want you to come into my heart. Move all my doubts. Move all my fears. Move my selfishness. Amen. Move everything out. And you come in. Come into my heart and be Lord. Oh, I believe you're my Savior, but you haven't been my Lord. God bless you, brother. Amen. This man's name is Davis. He comes from Virginia. He's sure to give up a habit of smoking. And a little grudge that he's held in his heart against the loved one since he was a child. That's what he's at the altar for this morning. Now come. You're invited to walk to the altar now. Kneel down here before the Christ of God. Don't notice the little humble tabernacle. Notice who's in here this morning. Amen. Our blessed Savior. Would you come? You're invited. The Lord Jesus waits for you to come. Forever cleansing spirit to go from your heart. Is dear children of
morning, kneel down in his presence.
softly. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but you understand? Reverently we bow our heads now in the presence of the great King of glory, the great Prince of Peace. Amen. How thankful we are that you've raised your hearts open to this Amen. great Spirit that's present now. Amen. He that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Yes, Jesus. No matter what your needs is, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. God does this for us. Now, children, as you're in the building anywhere, just bow your head, be real reverent, while our brother prays, and you're going to receive that what you ask for. The Lord bless you richly now, while the sister continues her singing slowly now. Our Father in heaven, we thank you this morning for this great manifestation of your precious love and power here in our very presence and in our midst. Thank you this morning for the disposition of heart to mind the Holy Ghost. That each one here that is represented before this altar this morning did not come to wooden railings and to floors and benches, but they are coming to you, Lord. We bring the sinners, the ones, Lord Jesus, each one before you this morning, those that have come penitently, Lord Jesus, we pray that Thou will look with divine favor this morning upon each one that has come. May their hearts, as they're open this morning, receive that wonderful blessing of being saved through Jesus' name. Father, we thank You this morning for the outpouring of the Spirit upon us, O God, in this unusual manner. We ask Thy blessing to rest upon each one that has come today, for our God, our hands are far too short. Our words are incapable, our thoughts are not as high as thy thoughts. We praise you this morning, because you've ordained it that it should be so. We pray that you'll look upon each one of us this morning as we come rededicating, as we come consecrating, as we come before you this morning, for whatever our need may be, may you look upon us today. May you save the unsaved, sanctify and purify the hearts of the, un, of the impure. We pray this morning, O God, to fill with thy spirit each one of us, Lord. Oh, how we pray this morning that you'll fill with the Holy Spirit from on high each and every believing heart. May you settle it this morning, O God, and may we settle it in consecration and dedication. May we withhold nothing this morning. May we, with an unreserved manner, give all of ourselves unreservedly to you this morning. Let us have open hearts, O oh God. Help us if there's something that holds. Help us this morning if there's something that seems too difficult to give up. We pray this morning to bless each one that is here consecrating and, and confessing and believing before you knelt about this place in any part of this building. May you receive and accept them this morning and satisfy that deepest yearning of their heart. Oh, we cry unto you this morning, Father, in this hour answer prayer. 
meet the need, O God, and may many souls go from this place this morning with their hearts prepared to know for themselves and not another that the matter is settled, that the old account is finished, that you have settled it this morning by your saving and sanctifying and redeeming grace. Bless each one that's here, Father, and undertake for them. Meet the need about this altar. And as we arise this morning in faith, God, go with us and lead us along. As the old song has said, you lead your dear people along. Bless us then and undertake and we'll thank and praise you for it, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. Amen.